Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I told all seven of the actors in Knock at the Cabin that every one of you has every right to feel bad for yourselves, given what's happening in the story. You're not allowed. You are not allowed. So find another way. You can get angry, you can, get, you can use humor, you can use um, artifice to try to trick your way out of things. Find a weapon to fight, to stay alive, because we, we love watching characters fight for their survival emotionally. That was M. Night Shyamalan talking to you about his latest film, brand new film called Knock at the Cabin. I'm Neil Rosen, welcome to another episode of our podcast sitting around talking movies bill bergoli saw a knock at the cabin he's going to tell you about it in a moment hello bill bergoli i hear you knocking <laughs> i hear you knocking and bill mccutty as always is here as well hello i have a sixth sense this one's gonna suck too <laughs> very good pun all right bill bergoli take it away tell us about knock at the cabin all right what do you want to know you want to know who's in it or do you want to know the plot i want to know the whole thing what's it about who's in it the whole deal okay well it starts jonathan groff ben aldridge david bautista nikki and muka bird rupert grint that's right i said oh. rupert grint yeah really? rupert grint's a bad guy abby quinn really? and a young woman who plays the daughter in this whose name i can't pronounce because it's cui i don't know how you pronounce that but her name is first name is Kristen. Anyway, she's a young girl, and she and her two dads have rented a cabin in the woods. Then a stranger knocks on the door. He's accompanied by three other strangers. And they tell the family that they must sacrifice one family member. And they have to do it themselves. They can't just have somebody else kill a family member. They have to do it themselves, or else the entire world will end. And uh, during these, you can't really call them negotiations. but they They just believe this? (laughs) <laughs> they believe this, but then they turn the TV on and, hey, they got proof. Or do they? Uh, and keeps you keeps you guessing all the way through the movie. And I think old M. Night is, is kind of toying with the fact that we expect a twist from him. And if I tell you whether or not there's a twist, that's a spoiler. Okay, probably, huh? fair you enough. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, yeah, all right, fine. Uh McCutty was very, very interested in this film. For well, some I spoke to someone who saw it last night with you, Bill, and, and said it was troubling, but they thought it was going to make money. So it wasn't like old, you know, M. Night Shyamalan <laughs> has these kind of cool premise setups that we always say are like, well, maybe they'd make a good Twilight he's, Zone. He's a one hit one. Obviously what he's been influenced by, he talks about the Twilight Zone all the time whenever he's interviewed. 
And obviously, this is the guy that br brought us the sixth sense and sort of famously said to you and me and everyone back then that he had a formula for making hit movies. And unfortunately, he didn't really. Um, and we've said on this podcast many times he'd be a better gun for hire as a director because he really does have a sense of cinema and almost a Spielbergian kind of uh, ability to shoot well, but sometimes his own story is getting in its own way. And so I guess my question is, does this one seem like he's back in any way? Well, he didn't write the uh, original story this was based on, which is interesting. Okay. Uh, he did write the screenplay with two other gentlemen and he uses a lot of, as you said, uh, he shoots the hell out of this thing. It takes place mostly in one little cabin. And uh, there are some flashbacks that aren't all that useful, frankly, that just to flesh out this family that we're watching. Um, but for the most part, you've got extreme, extreme close-ups. I mean, I'm looking at David Bautista and, and seeing his pores. That's how close these, these close-ups are. Uh, there's a lot of tension. He ratchets it up. And of course, the soundtrack gets louder when things get tenser. And uh, the violence, oddly enough, though, it's rated R, but this could have gotten a PG-13 because, frankly, the violence mostly takes place off screen. And there is some violence. Well, Batista has said, you didn't, we didn't listen to him on the red carpet, but he has said that this is like the first real acting job he's gotten, that everyone thinks of him for big action movies, and that this is, he's got a ton of monologues. I, I, I yeah. know he has a lot of, I know he does a lot of acting. So is he convincing? Is he good? He's pretty good. He's, uh, you kind of look at him and say, yeah, this is a tough guy, but uh, there's more to him than that. He fleshes this guy out very well. He does a very good job. Do you recommend this? I would, but uh, don't don't think you're going to see another Sixth Sense. Well, yeah, you know, I don't think it we really ever kind of it really irritated me when after the Sixth Sense with in his in ads for his next movie, which was was Signs his next movie. No, no, it was the one with the Unbreakable. I think was his next movie after Sixth Sense, the one with Samuel L. Jackson. Whatever his movie was after the Sixth Sense, back when people read newspapers, there were full page ads for this movie, and they were saying from the master of suspense and Mike Shyamalan, which was Hitchcock's handle, the master of suspense. And I went, well, this is a little presumptuous, you know, one movie. Oh and, yeah. And, 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 you know, and, and all they just kept, these movies kept getting progressively worse. The lady in the water. I mean, Oh my God. Well, I mean, speaking of Hitchcock, he, uh, M night actually does have a cameo in this movie. Uh, See, he has been doing that. And by and the way, science, science isn't terrible. It's, it's, uh better did than most did you see lady in the water yeah the lady in the water is terrible well you know you said that rupert grin plays a bad guy not that he plays a bad guy in this tv series servant that m night Shyamalan um directed a few of the episodes and he executive produces the series um and i interviewed him actually for that series but they have a relationship that apparently goes back 20 years all the way to harry potter a, a working relationship That's i don't good. know He's but, not in this very long, to be honest with you. Yeah. Spoiler alert. They're buddies. And so, and Bill, just answer one thing that is, isn't a spoiler, I don't think. In the trailer, we're seeing um, catastrophic things happening in the world, like the apocalypse really yeah. is happening. And you're saying that it, those are definitely on the TV screen that this family can see. That's but right. We're not, but the, we're not the, sure whether or not that's been manufactured for their benefit or it's that, real. That's right. The characters wonder, one of the dads wonders, you know, or he says, you know, this this sort of thing was predicted 
not too long ago. So they they knew this stuff was happening, or they're planning this, or we're just seeing we're seeing taped events. Um, why why McCuddy? Are you I, I you just kept texting when are they screening it? Like with the track record being so bad on. Well, um, I had heard some good buzz on it. So I actually, I'd actually heard some decent advanced buzz on it, and I thought. Uh, you know, I always give this guy a chance because as I said earlier, I think he's a really good filmmaker with somebody else's material. I think he, I think that's what he should really just be as a gun for hire as a director. But, uh, I gotta say that, you know, when it's, when he's left to his own, I mean, the village was okay. I mean, it wasn't great. Um, I love the sixth sense. I think it's a great, brilliant film. If you know the ending, it, I guess it's not so great of a film. But if you get surprised, which I did, I saw it very early on, the whole thing that, you know, I see dead people. And the, and then you can watch it again. And, and it really, you know, you, it makes sense. Yeah, really, Bruce Willis really is dead. He's really not interacting with people. So, yeah, I think that's a great movie. But I think he's a one-trick pony. I mean, I don't think that, that, that nothing I've seen from that guy since then, just not a, not only not as come up to the, that standard but isn't even good yeah no. signs wasn't bad but that doesn't mean it was good it just yeah it signs was, actually made a lot of money i think and so did unbreakable yeah uh, but they're not good but, movies they're yeah. they're like they're like mediocre they're not right? as good is what you're really saying well i don't know on a scale of one to ten i'd give six cents a ten i'd give those movies like a four or five all right let's move on uh McCutty and i saw you people i'll take this one and then you you could do two leslie uh, you people has a great is a straight to Netflix movie, and um, it was number one streaming uh, last week when it debuted on on Netflix, and it has a great cast. I mean, you got Eddie Murphy, Julia Louis Dreyfus, Jonah Hill, who co-wrote the screenplay and I think executive produced the thing. Um, let me think who else is in this. Uh, well, I don't know the young woman's name, but well, I think Lauren London is the so it, it, Jonah Hill and Lauren London play this couple uh this interracial couple who want to get married and um her parents uh played by eddie murphy and i think neil long uh is the wife and um you know he's like this adamant this this hardcore muslim guy and you know and julia louis dreyfus uh is married to um david duchovny david duchovny and they're this jewish couple and you know both future in-laws get together for dinner with the kids and that doesn't really go well i mean but it's kind of you know the trailer looked great i thought this was going to be tremendously funny but all the great stuff was in the two and a half minute trailer i mean it it's kind of obvious i'm not spoiling anything here when they sit down at dinner i was talking to mccutty about this on the phone the other day and he's got this hat that was given to him by um a kufi, I think it's called. Yeah, by 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 Louis Farrakhan, you know, and you know, so Eddie Murphy goes to Julia Louis Dreyfus. Julia Louis Dreyfus, yes. Uh, do you do you are you a fan of? Uh, do you do you like uh, Louis Farrakhan? He goes, well, I I I I I don't like what he has to say about Jews, you know. So, but he goes, well, he gave me this kufi. It's one of my prized possessions when I met him. And you just know the hat's going to go up in flames or something's going to happen to the hat because of the other family. I mean, it's just obvious, very obvious humor. Um, When I spoke to you, McCutty, in the middle of the week, you hadn't finished it yet. I don't know if you finished it, but I think I did. I did. And I I think that the ending is is really just 
Yeah, it's got a bullshitty Hollywood ending. Yeah, it's a bullshit Hollywood ending. You'd expect that. I'll tell you also as a quick aside that I was really disappointed in how wasted um, David Duchovny is in this thing. Yeah, very small. Uh, If you're listening to this and have never seen a little movie called Playing God that he's in, uh, do that. It's great. This is, um, I tell you what I do like about this film. It's funny where it's funny. He has a a podcast of all things because everybody now has podcasts in every movie. Uh, and he does a, a a hip hop kind of podcast with uh, a black woman and uh, who I f- at first thought was trans. I didn't know what the box that was. checking. <laughs> and let's be, let's be honest, this, um, this movie does want to check a lot of boxes and it it's in a very woke environment that they've decided, which is what I think is kind of brave about it because no one else is having the kind of dinner conversations that these characters are having. Is it a great movie? No. But do I think some of the things they're saying to each other about race relationships is valid right now? I absolutely do. And so for that reason, I'm slightly leaning towards, even with a cop out ending, I'm slightly leaning towards recommending it only because some of the stuff that they're saying is nobody else is is being this brave right now. Yeah, I don't think it's that brave. I think it's I think it's stereotypical. I saw everything coming. Um, Jonah Hill's trying to like act like a, you know, he's a weak character. I wish he'd had some stronger moments, but yeah. uh Everybody from Elliot Gould to I mean, Elliot Gould's in the movie for like like what a minute I, I mean, and and Rhea Perlman. But the point is, oh, Rhea Perlman did it for like five seconds. That's ton of cameos in this thing, which is kind of fun. I mean, to be honest, and so I guess the acid test is I we've both seen it, and Bill has it, and Bergoli are you leaning yay or nay? I'm leaning nay. I saw the trailer, I didn't like it, and I I don't like a lot of the people that are in this. To be honest with you. All right. I love yeah. David Duchovny. I think Californication was great. Maybe I'd see it for Richard doing, Benjamin, not, but I don't like anybody else. He's in another movie. You were recommending something from David Duchovny. Let me recommend a Judd Apatow written movie called The TV Set, which is one of the most scathingly satirical looks at the TV industry. I love it with starring David Duchovny. It's great. Um, but these, this is not great. This, I would give this on a scale of one to 10, like a four. I mean, this was really disappointing. And Eddie Murphy, I think, was wasted. He was this Eddie Murphy's hilarious, you know, com- comic actor and comedian. And he's just playing this one note guy, you know, of like, you know. Well, like, Eddie Murphy doesn't want to play Eddie Murphy. Eddie Murphy's got all the money in the world. He can do whatever he wants. And he wants to play straight drama, right? No, now. he's doing a, he's doing Beverly Hills Cop Four. He's doing yeah, okay. Uh, well, yes, but uh, what I'm saying, uh, what I'm saying is, for this, yes, he'll be Eddie Murphy for that. For this, he was Eddie Murphy when he hosted SNL a couple of years. Like he did Gumby, he did uh, Mr. Robinson's Neighborhood, and he played all the characters again. And yeah, yes, but you're not going to get the big, you know wide ear-to-ear smile and the uh, uh, you know you're not going to get those laugh yeah. just, oh, he's right. not going to do that he's not going to give you that well anyway i was I, I i thought the characters were stereotypical i love julia louis dreyfus not they didn't like her role in this at all didn't like the whole thing so i would pass on this that's my advice moving on um yeah, Let's I caught up. Uh, I caught up with a movie that you saw a little while ago that uh, has been getting a lot of press recently, called To Leslie, because Andrea Riceborough, with the help of uh, some other actresses, Mark Maron, has, gotten, in has got and Mark Maron has gotten uh, nominated 
for a, an Academy Award. And lo and behold, the Academy decided to meet on it this week and see if that should be taken away from her. That it's not going to be taken that away. That didn't right. happen, but uh, <laughs> they they did. They paid some lip service to uh, Danielle Deadweiler and some of the other people. She who was robbed, man. She, Danielle Deadweiler was great. She should have gotten a nomination. Yes, she should have. But now that was then and this is now. And I'm a huge fan of Till. It was my number one movie. So I would love for her to be nominated, but she wasn't. The point is now going forward, can you have a grassroots campaign? Can you call friends? Some people have said they they actually called and threatened certain powerful people and said, you won't get, you know, you got to give this woman a nomination. I don't know what to believe and what not to believe. Okay, but, I know that having finally seen the movie about an alcoholic woman okay. in a small town who has a son that uh, she is estranged from. Uh, well, you should start from like she and a difficult. The movie, the movie, the movie doesn't need a whole lot of description. The movie just requires that you understand that this is a down on her luck woman who won the lottery, ran through all the money. Allison Janney is her, I guess, sister in law, and uh, Stephen Root is in this. All the supporting characters, including Mark Maron, who we mentioned a moment ago, runs a motel, are doing really good work here. And the film, would it have been in my top 10 list? No. But do I recommend it? Absolutely. It's on Amazon Prime. You can rent it. Uh, and, you know, she's in the conversation now. I think there's a world in which enough people come out and say, good for her. She got this nomination because otherwise nobody would have seen this movie. And I think there's a I think there's a very good possibility, especially with people like Kate Blanchett, who's also nominated, saying everyone should see this movie, that in fact she might win. Well, I don't And wouldn't that be a Hollywood story? Okay, okay. first of all, um as my as our good friend Robert Wall was writing me last night and said that it's it's such bullshit this academy trying to possibly although they're not stripping her for nomination. But how is this different than the studio spending tens of millions of dollars of, you know, trying to, you know, get people to. But that's what they're afraid of. Neil. Nominate. They're afraid that the whole system is being upended by this. But that's that system has been going on for years where the studios spend money. I mean, that that that's for your consideration. How many of those things do you see in trade magazines and all? Oh, absolutely. And and the idea that things can be manipulated pardon me, manipulated by people like Harvey Weinstein goes back to Shakespeare in love. Um, right. So, so is, now you've got a different way in and people are, are Hollywood's upset that you're do, they're doing it a different way. It's screw that. I mean, really, first of all, I think she gives, gives an incredible performance. I'm not saying that Daniel Deadweiler should be there instead of her. I think she should be there. I think Daniel Deadweiler should be there. Again, I would, I would remove Michelle Williams. I think that's the weakest of the, in that category. But that said, um, I have no qualms with people doing a grassroots campaign to bring this little film that nobody saw to people's attention. Do, uh, I'm with you. Do I think it's a great film? No, I don't. But I think the performances are, are she's exceptional and all the supporting characters are very good, too. And, you know, there's enough there to merit giving it a look. But certainly the in terms of the story. And the direction, but it, the, the acting supersedes the story in the direction as far as I'm concerned. It's more about an actor's showcase. What you, what do you always say, McCutty? You say it's like a masterclass in acting or something? Yeah, I mean, I think she gives a masterclass in acting. I always say that. That's sad. Um, 
I, I subscribe to Masterclass and I highly recommend it. Have we talked uh, Brigoli into getting on the two Leslie uh, bandwagon? Sure. I'd like to see it. Yeah, I think you should. I think everyone should, because then the conversation can be more about whether or not it really could be a winning performance, which I'm going to say right now, I really think could be a big surprise on Oscar night. No, no. I think it's th that that race is between Kate Blanchett, who I think pretty much has it sewn up. They don't like being told what to do, Neil. And this is something they did on their own. If she can get the nomination, she can get the win. Okay, who, who, who? So it's Andrea Reiser, Kate Blanchett. Um, who else is in the cat? Who well, else? Is in the Stephen category? Root, uh, Allison. No, 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 no. In the in best actress, who's up for best actress? Oh, I'm sorry. Um, Michelle Williams, as you mentioned, and uh, who are the other two? Michelle Yeoh. Right. right. Basically, yeah. between Michelle Yeoh. And yes, I agree. It's, I, I think that it's. I, I'll. I say Blanchett's going to get it. But Michelle Yeoh would not be. Blanchett has two Oscars. I know that's the problem, and they they know that. But if that everything everywhere all at once gets caught up in a sweep, she just might just like it might be that headline the next day is everything everywhere. You know, is the big winner. You know, wins everything or something like that. But yeah, well, we'll talk about that on our Oscar prediction show. Speaking of Oscar prediction shows, oh boy. Um, hashtag our, shameless that, plug that's that's our next show but we did put up a new episode of talking pictures with neil rosen this month an all-guy panel with uh bill mccuddy ray for guzman long overdue the all-guy panel <laughs> uh ray for guzman was on it and uh jack rico our friend jack rico and we talk about a whole bunch of movies and we have some good critics pick recommendations Check it out. Um, it's on. If, I don't know when this podcast is going up. It's February first. It'll be on air all Friday on on All Arts PBS All Arts um, this Friday the third, and you can see it on YouTube. Um, PBS All Arts is channel eight hundred and seventy one on your cable. No, arms. no. It's, well, if you have Spectrum, it's 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 actually. Well, anyway, anyway, just just check your local listings. But but the point is, it's on All Arts this Friday. You could see it on YouTube by putting in Talking Pictures with Neil Rosen. And uh, you could just follow me on Twitter at Neil Rosen Apples and get the link. Please check it out. Uh, that said, um, Bill, uh, Bill uh, well, you know what, McCuddy, keep, keep let, let's before we go to another movie, you know, they shelved that Madonna movie that Julia Garner who won a Golden Globe for her performances, uh, Anna Delvey in Inventing Anna just recently won. Uh, she was going to play Madonna in a movie, a biopic about Madonna, directed by Madonna. And the word was that they shelved the movie because Madonna decided to go out on tour and we'll just do that another day. But I'd like to know what the real story is behind that. Do you have any idea? Well, one of the things that I was able to suss out of reading between the lines was that she wasn't going to do a warts and all kind of thing. She didn't want to talk about some of the things that have happened to her, abused uh, in her youth and, and some of the other traumatic things that have happened in her life. It was definitely going to be the world, according to Madonna, about Madonna. And uh, so I think that it was a question of they weren't going to get the story they wanted. They were going to get some kind of uh, tarted San up. Sanitized uh, yeah. PR release movie or something like that. A right. facelifted version, let's call it. Hey, geography is the uh, term. A lot of well, film. Isn't that what happened with like 
Sasha Baron Cohen was going to play Freddie Mercury in the Queen movie, and he wanted to do a warts and all kind of thing. And then, um, I don't know, uh, some of the guys in Queen said, no, no. And they, they, right. they didn't get right. They became they the executive producers. And uh, what's his name? May is his last They name. needed Queen to say, yes, you can do this. That was the stumbling block. And then yeah. you got to say they weren't going to get any of the music. They weren't going to get anything. But Although you know, I think that movie turned out pretty well. Well, it was an enjoyable movie, but I mean, it showed you. And what do you want, real... Blonde? I mean, Blonde is what you no, get. No, but I. But Freddie Mercury was. By the way, Anna Armanis is the woman you couldn't think of as best actress nomination. Oh, thank you. Yeah, and boy, she... hasn't that just gone out of everybody's head? Like yeah, nobody's yeah. thinking about that anymore. Well, the movie I just won a rat got the Razzie, I think, for worst <laughs> worst movie of the year or something like yeah, that. Yeah, that's got to be a first. I mean, that was nominated at one end. Razzie yeah. at the other end. Yeah, that's just an yeah. Thank you for remembering that. That is true. But uh, yeah, well, I don't know. Um, so we won't be getting Madonna. Yeah, I don't think we're the world is a worse place because we're not getting a Madonna movie. No, I'm just saying with Madonna. Freddie Mercury, um, the people that are really into Queen will tell you that you know there was a lot of not that they completely cleaned up, sanitized Freddie Mercury. But believe me, there was a lot more debauchery going on in that guy's life than what was shown on screen, you know. So I don't know, whatever, you know. Uh, I would have liked to have seen. I love Julia Garner. I think she's great. I would have, and I would have liked to have seen how she did Madonna. Apparently, she did Madonna boot camp for a couple of months. That's out the window. She had, like was studying up on being Madonna, just the way Austin Butler was studying up on being Elvis, you know. Uh, so you know waste waste of time i guess that was anyway moving on um i'm very interested in this series that um bill mccutty checked out i'm hearing a lot about it it's this zombie hbo series the, the series the that i talked about last week yeah he's we, we regardless <laughs> yeah. introduced yes. us to this it's the yes. one that i said yet another Yes, the yes, one I yes. Said stars Miles I would like I would like to know if Miles, you Miles, it stars Miles Teller as a little girl no. No, I would like I would like to know if now that you've seen it, McCuddy, um, I'd like to know, would you be endorsing this thing? Yes, I, I like this thing a lot. And I have to tell you that you need to give it uh, more than the first setup because it, it the first hour plays just like a normal kind of zombie apocalypse kind of a thing. But this young woman remind me, Bergoglio, of who uh, what her name is, the actress. Is it Bella? uh bella ramsey bella ramsey she was she's, in game of thrones yes that's, I mean, she, that's why i'm not the first big break not familiar but she's she was a, also in uh that movie that you guys waxed poetically about uh birdie that birdie movie oh yeah yeah catherine, yeah. Lo catherine loves bird yeah, yeah, yeah right yeah yeah she was um, in that as well she's really well written the, the lena dunham movie yeah. Yeah. She's really, really well written in this thing. And she's really good. She's great. Um, she's the she's just so with the only premise or the only setup you need to know is uh, she has blood that may or may not be able to cure everybody on the planet. And because she's been bitten a couple of times and she seems to heal. So they're protecting her and trying to get her to a safe zone. And along the way, We've got storylines uh, with like Nick Offerman and all the, these sort of side trips that it takes on this journey to whatever the safe area is. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of zombies and who look kind of cool. They look like uh, Mr. Cabbage Head. They've got like these exploding kind of 
Do they look as good as the zombies in um, Walking Dead? Because those are really yeah, they look better. They're they they have their own unique look. And uh, I'm 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 going to watch another hour of it when uh, when we're done here. You know what I'm watching now? You can play your Neil Rose and finally catches up to music. (laughs) Gone with the wind. No, I'm watching. it's the something I've been watching for like, you know, we're in the dog days of like January, right? February, January, where there's nothing really new that much coming out. And I've been meaning to catch up with, I've wanted to watch Dope Sick for the longest time. And I'm in the middle of watching the Michael Keaton. Um, and how do you pronounce his name? He was, uh, he was in. I just say Oprah. Michael Keaton. Well, no, Michael, funny. Michael Keaton's in it, Rosario Dawson's in it. There's a lot of people in it. Um, but Sturdall, how do you pronounce his name? My goodness. Um, he was in the, the Serious Man, the Cone Brothers film. He starred in that. Michael oh, Sternberg. Sternberg, yeah. Yeah, he's, he's also he's also in Your Honor, the thing that uh, is back for a second season. Yeah, with, he's he's uh, really good. Really good actor, and he plays Sackler, the guy that you know screwed everybody over with these opioids. Yeah, so I'm in the middle of that series, and I'm really enjoying that. But, I, want, I want to say that uh, Keaton won last year an Emmy for that, right? He won. won he was won. like, he got some big surprise. Yes, and everybody did. went, he oh, did. fuck, dope sick. We, you know, that it suddenly yeah. it popped on everyone's radar because he. Uh, He's really good in it. I mean, everybody's really good in it. It just shows you how screwed up Big Pharma is and another government cover up of like, can't like, you know, the way um, the tobacco company knew that for years that. Smoking caused cancer and kind of hit it from everybody or, you know, the, you know, the EPA knew that, uh, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We get it. You know, another one of these things that they're just hiding the truth from you from. And uh, it's uh, kind of disturbing, but but very well done. So where is that, Neil? Dope Sick is on Hulu. It's a Hulu okay. series. And um, yeah, you know, it's like, you know. We knew that the Vietnam War was unwinnable, but we're sending people to die anyway. Yeah, the government's lying here. The big foot, everybody's lying here. So it's it's interesting. There's a whole bunch of subplots going in. There's a mining town, and um, he's like a great doctor. He's really he doesn't he's buying into all this bullshit that the that the salespeople are handing out that it's not addictive the opioids, and he's giving it to these miners that are you know, in a lot of pain from working in the mines. And this one girl in particular who's it's really good. I, I, okay. I recommend this. All right. Anyway, tell me about Showgirl. Yeah, Snowgirl's a Netflix series that six <laughs> episodes uh, and it takes place in Spain and it jumps around from like 2009 to 13 to 16 to 2019. And it's about, <laughs> you're not going to believe it, a little girl that goes missing. Uh, in the middle of a of a big uh, snowstorm, she is <laughs> she is kidnapped, and uh, you think she's going to be found in a couple of days. And nine years later, uh, she is may or may not be returned to her family. Uh, this is this is a really pretty well done, and I'm going to recommend suspense thriller. It involves uh, a reporter who does a deep dive into the story. And won't let it go because she has her own uh, kind of unfortunate past that has played out. I won't give too much of that away. And uh, it's it's six episodes. Uh, it takes place in Spain, as I said, and it's it's really not uh, on the nose. It's kind of 
it jumps around in time, as I said, which kind of helps it. Uh, where do we? I'm sorry. Where do we see this? This is a Netflix series. Netflix. Okay. It's over. And then Shotgun Wedding is the Je Jennifer Lopez thing, which um, is not as horrible as you might imagine. I mean, it's. <laughs> There's a glowing endorsement. She looks great. Here. It was produced. You know, what was interesting It's produced by Ryan Reynolds. And you can tell that he was probably attached to play instead of Josh Duchamel. Is that how you say his name? Yeah. They go to Bali to have a wedding and uh, or the Philippines or someplace. And Philippines. Yeah. Yeah, the, it's a private wedding, like uh, destination a, wedding. A private, it's a private island that you can uh, take over, and pirates invade it and want to uh, hold one of the wealthy guests for ransom. It's uh, it, it, it's very entertaining, and I it's it's not great. If it was in Entertainment Weekly, it'd probably be a B minus or a B. But uh, it's definitely J Lo's great in this sort of thing, and I kind of recommend it. Interesting. Okay. Uh, I might take a look at that. Um, as I said, it's the dog days of uh, the winter here, even though the weather is good. Thank you, John Davitt from New York One for giving us good weather or telling us about it. Yeah, um, coming up on uh, in the next years, there's a there's a um, a movie with Sharon Stone that's and Andy Garcia coming up soon called What About Love? That's coming out. I, I think I'll check that out and we'll talk about that. That opens... Uh on Valentine's Day. And next week, you've got um, the Magic Mike's Last Dance with Channing Tatum. <laughs> That's oh, boy. I know we're all excited. And I don't know, is this strictly in theaters or is it streaming? Because I know it comes out Friday, this 80 for Brady thing, which has- It's in theaters. Oh, That's in theaters. theaters. Jane Fonda and Sally Field and- uh, yeah. Lily Tomlin, Harry Hamlin, Rita Moreno, and that and that I hear doesn't suck. And I really? hear it's got. That's I shocking. hear it, I hear it has a lot, and this is because Brady uh, and he's in it, but also helped produce it. Um, it has a lot more football in it than you think. So the the word I got was you can actually watch this with. It, it's it's gonna do well across. Uh, all demographics, according to well, what I Tom told. Brady today announced his retirement second again. year in a row. Yeah, again, but he says this time I meet really mean it, and so the movie. Well, he's an actor now. Well, he's going to get three hundred and seventy-five million dollars to be a color commentator on uh, Fox Sports, so um, that's his new gig now. Okay, so. so He's so, got to eat. That, that that may be why they took our free snacks away. Yeah, but does this guy even? Fox. I mean, I don't think he wants to sit around doing nothing. But you know, I mean, how much money is this guy worth now? Is this guy worth a fortune anyway? Hey, so. he's getting divorced. I mean, he's getting divorced, and I think the the amazing thing, if I'm recalling this correctly, uh, and and uh, all the people who listen to this podcast and correct me love to do this, but I think. Uh, Giselle was worth more than he was. I I, I really? thought that, that was the interesting little tidbit out of their divorce. No kidding. Yeah. That's interesting. Well, she um, on social media um, wrote a very lovely thing today about her. She goes, I wish him all the best and da da da. You know, it wasn't like, you know, she didn't have to write anything, but she was like. Well, maybe she gets half and maybe that's why she's wishing. Maybe, maybe. I'm not maybe. sure. I, again, I think, I think they were pretty. 
it was so remarkably close to equal, but I think she was like 20 or $30 million richer than he was. Before we go, I will say this. Oh, boy. Um, did anybody see um, Mike Lindell, the my pillow guy, last night on Jimmy Kimmel? He kept begging Jimmy Kimmel for like seven or eight months to like, please put me on your – I can't do a Mike Lindell imitation. Please put me on your show, Jimmy Kimmel, you know, because uh, he interviewed him once like a year ago and didn't want him back. And Kimmel said as a joke, the only way I'm interviewing you again is there's a – Dave and Buster's across the street from my studio. If you get in the claw machine and sit in the claw machine, I'll interview you in the claw machine. And oddly enough, this this guy did it. He's across the street. So how degrading for um, Mike Lindell? Not that he hasn't degraded himself. How What's degrading for Mike More Lindell? than degrading for him. Did you just say that sentence? How degrading for Mike Lindell? Yeah. I got to tell you, I've told you this before on the podcast. I know I knew him. 10 years ago. No, I don't remember you ever mentioning this. We used to smoke cigars together uh, when he was just starting out on my pillow. Uh, wanted my advice on advertising, but didn't need it. But he was spending like a million dollars a month. And, uh, you know, he was an ordinary, very Republican but an ordinary kind of ordinary guy. drug dealer. He did had time. Been, yes, yes, he could, did. He was a, he had he, a drug he was, problem and pulled yeah, himself a big drug out. Problem. Blah 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 blah. And it's an admirable story until he got involved with the election and Trump and everything. But uh, yeah, so I kind of feel sorry for the guy at this point. I mean, I, I he's got all the money in the world still, so I shouldn't feel that badly for him. But do you know uh, that he spent forty million dollars last year on? He has a like a Mike Lindell TV, like station or, or, or cable station or something. He's spending a lot of money, like doing wacky stuff. Oh, so. he, he ran for head of the Republican party last week and got four votes, four votes. He got four <laughs> votes and the polls said he was going to win apparently, yeah. but uh, well, the winner got five votes win a pack or whatever poll said he was going to win, but no, the winner got like a hundred and some odd. Yeah. Anyway, uh, as Bill McCuddy would say, we uh, listen to Neil go on and on and on, and we watch the bad movies so you don't have to. And this podcast is being brought to you by by uh, Talking Pictures with Neil Rosen. <laughs> <laughs> watch it on TV. When are they going to get us a watch? <laughs> yeah, really. Um, when, when are they coming back, Bill McCuddy? Is our is our? I don't know. We we're in negotiations now, uh, so okay. yeah, we, we shall see. We shall see. But do watch Talking Pictures with Neil Rosen by following me at Neil Rosen Apples and get the link on Twitter, or just go to YouTube and. Type it in and or watch it on PBS All Arts this uh, this coming Friday. Uh, thanks, Bill Brigoli. Thanks, Bill McCuddy. And uh, thanks for sitting around talking movies with us. We'll sit around talking movies with you again next week. I'm Neil Rosen. Mm-hmm.